All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 164 of The Rink Shrinks. What do you say? You ready to go? Let's go. This episode is presented by Bet Online. With NFL playoffs in full swing and the NBA in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up to second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get into the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So what's going on, my man? Haven't uh, caught up with you in a little bit. Uh, what uh, what was going on over the weekend? Talk to me about some games. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, I had this past weekend was an old school weekend of hockey. It was. I think we had overall six games starting Friday night. Uh, was able to make five out of six. For the kids, and it's all about the kids, you know what I mean? But it was good. couple trips out to Cushing. Uh, we were able to watch some games there, some pretty solid hockey games. A um, couple games with my two – actually, three games in my 2011 group. One versus the Eagles, which we had a good win. And then a couple games versus mid-Fairfield, which, um, you know, unfortunately, they didn't bring me up to Boston, any colony grill pies, but, uh, you know, at least we got a couple ties out of the deal and, and really good hockey games. If, you know, according to the, my hockey rankings, I believe they're the number one ranked team in the, uh, in the country. And we we're right around three or four. So it was great battles, great hockey games. Um, you know, back and forth action. The first one was like a two to two game. Second one was four to four. So again, you know, you, like a tie is like kissing your sister, obviously, but it's at the end of the day, it was really good competition. And you wish that every game was kind of like that. You know what I mean? It was some mistakes and a great teachable moments, right? Where you fail to get a puck out of a zone or turn a puck over at the blue line. It's, you know, the peewee majors, it's, it's, it's like they're getting to that age, right? Where they can really see the, yeah, it's real hockey. You can really see the value of, uh, of, you know, those little things, you know what I mean? Like not, not whatever, even like for defensemen, right? Watching the body, watching the chest, not getting toe dragged, like those little things, goalies, maybe leaning a little too much, giving something up short side. So it was, uh, it, it was, it was good hockey games, uh, fun games to coach. Cause they're pretty intense. Uh, you know, a lot of our parents know their parents and stuff. So it's kind of like a good little rivalry rivalry game. And, uh, exciting times. And, you know, like I said, but I really wanted to beat them because I got all these people coming up and n- nobody brought me a colony grill pie, but whatever. You know, the, the details of the game are getting more important and, you know, you're coaching them up and, you know, you, you got to have some failure in those areas to kind of learn, have some teaching moments and especially when games get tight. But yeah, that, what you're saying there is, bulletin board material you know no you know colony grill pizza you know they're, they're driving right by it you know to talk about uh you know maybe sending a message you know no, no. friends out there i guess huh yeah and i mean i guess i kind of got to give them a pass because they probably came up on saturday and a game was 
uh, games were on Sunday, but still, it's no excuse. No, you no can, you can heat, heat it up or, you know, yeah, even re- cold is great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, so so things are good. Everything's uh, busy. We had some kind of, got a little bit of snow here in Boston, right? Some rain. It's just been, now it's like the raw, cold oh, January yeah. days. Yeah. Um, the refreeze, as they call it, you know, after it kind of melts a little bit and gets cold, so... You yep. know, if you're in the northeast here, Boston area, be careful out there on the roads, you know, and just look at you. the weather channel. <laughs> yeah, that's the public service announcement from the Shranks. But uh, <laughs> make sure you yeah. all your tires are properly inflated and make sure you have plenty of windshield uh, wipe of fluid. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's a, a huge deal. You know, you got the, it is. the the glare of the sun with a dirty windshield. You know, just yeah. be careful out there on the roads. Joanna but, had to do the ride back to Cushing on Sunday night and she was on the way home. It was kind of half snowing like it was that it was like that nasty little snow, little wet rain. And she's like, yeah, I was getting back and uh, I had no washer fluid. I'm like, oh, that's shocking. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I actually uh, was driving with my buddy and he didn't have any. And uh, I mean, it, it was like caked on dirt and salt and sand or whatever. And yeah, I'm like, you yeah. can barely see through this thing. So I had to like, you know, get a little snowball and, and, you know, I was like the guy at the, uh, at the <laughs> intersection with roses, you know, just like <laughs> rubbing a, a big snowball on his windshield so he could see. Yeah, Safety yeah, yeah. first, right? Safety, Safety first. first. Uh, yeah, how's your crew doing? Uh, yeah, doing well. Um, Ryan and his his group uh, tied Lawrence Academy. It was an exciting game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of goals scored, a lot of mistakes both ways. Um, but you got to find ways to win when when you're in one of those track meet games. You know, like you were saying, uh, details of the game in your in your group's games, and you know, it comes comes back to 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 bite you when you're making those mistakes. But when you're when it's like an open game, like there's different ways to win games. You know, you just got to score one more goal and or defend a little bit better in, in in those track meet games. But it was an exciting game to watch. I'm sure, you know, the coaching staff wasn't too excited about some of the play, but um, ultimately just a tie on that end. Um, Courtney and, uh, and Rowan were down in Connecticut. She was doing the volleyball mom uh, tour down there. Uh, so that was... Uh, you know, a, a weekend of volleyball, and then Brooke had some uh, some games. One of the, one was a state playdown game, and then um, they played the same team in like this Green Cup. It's like Duxbury, Marshfield, and all the different age groups play one another uh, against one another, boys and girls. And then it leads bunch into the green bunch of green South Shore towns. Yeah, yeah, and then it it ends with the the girls and the boys uh, high school teams playing together. So there's a ton of participation, you know, community spirit. So. It's a, it's a pretty good event, but, um, but yeah. And then, you know, where guy played, uh, you know, your alma mater and, uh, he sent me a, a picture that we got to put, put up on our Instagram. Uh, oh boy. I, was, I, I think it, I think it has been floating around there, uh, before, but, um, you know, the, the, the captain, uh, sitting front and center, you know, and <laughs> in the, uh, in the cushion gear, but uh, yeah, they came up on the losing end. Cushing has a, a really good squad, kind of dictated the pace of the game right from the drop of the puck. So, um, and again, learning experiences when you're playing good teams, you gotta you gotta really elevate your game. So, um, all good stuff though. Uh, you know, in hockey season again, like we talk about full swing, and this this is kind of like the 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 dog days of that high school season. But you got to make a push and get your rest and uh, make sure you're taking care of your body. 
Yeah, it was, uh, it, it's funny you say it. I went on, uh, well, Sunday, like I said, I had back-to-back games, so I couldn't make it, but they, they did a pretty cool thing with the Catholic Conference. They had like a showcase. Um, so it was Malden Catholic and BC High, St. John's Prep played uh, Collins Catholic Memorial Team and St. John Shrewsbury and Zavarian, but it was all at the Canton Ice House kind of under one rink and, you know, they like good hockey games and good battles. And it's, and then on Monday, I went over to um, Zavarian. No, where did I go? Oh, Archbishop Williams played, um, played Milton High School. And Archie's is actually in the, they're like, you know, one of the top ranked team in the state. They've, you know, been on a good run. And Milton High School gave them, like, you know, took them to overtime. And, and they they have a couple young guys, Christian Simeone and Nick Bly. Or, uh, Nick Bly is the head coach. He played at Dartmouth and was a really good player. Just got done playing pro. And, but Milton guy and Simmons kid, obviously, Christian, uh, those guys are over there helping out. And they just had those guys competing. And it's funny, I watch the high school hockey, um, you know, the, like the Catholic conference in the, in the public schools. And it's, it's literally like any team can beat anybody on any given night. Uh, you know, whatever team's getting a little bit of goaltending, getting some, um, you know, got their older guys that the, the juniors and seniors kind of going and contributing and, and then getting some help on the, from the younger guys they're like they can win. But if you take a game off, I just think it's going to be a cakewalk. Cause it's, it, you, you see the, in like the top 10 teams in the state, uh, you just see the, like one game, somebody smokes somebody. It's just like the, the dynamics of it all are, are crazy. Like you, you would think that one team's going to blow somebody out. And next thing you know, somebody else wins. And this week, Thursday night call and uh, CM plays BC high, which is always, always a big rivalry. I remember those games uh, when I was a kid, you know, I'm sorry, when I was in high school playing in them and, you know, always a good crowd, big, you know, Catholic school rivals, kind of cross city rivalry games. And I'm looking forward to catching that and watching those guys and seeing, uh, you know, obviously we know flash is the coach over at BC high, a friend of ours. And, and so it's, it'd be exciting. So it's great. It, it's the dog days, but I've been going to a lot of hockey and I even went to the Ursuline versus Dedham high school girls game. On uh, Monday, they did a great little thing for my nephew Owen, who I talked about before, has uh, you know gone through his uh, his chemotherapy. So they did a uh, a hockey game for him, and um, really cool. He went out, he dropped the puck, and everybody was wearing their orange. And he's like a big Ninja Turtle fan, so they had like Ninja Turtles everywhere. And uh, dude, actually, I had a Ninja Turtles cake pop from Montilio's. They were there. Oh, ever have a cake pop? Have you ever had one? No, tell me about it. It was unbelievable. Like I've I've seen them obviously like Starbucks and stuff, but it was my first time. It was a Ninja Turtle cake box pop. I went for that. So it was green frosting with yeah. the you know was it Leonardo? Had, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was. Uh, I think he had it was unbelievable. Sash. No, yeah. So whoever the orange guy is, oh. Donatello or something. Maybe Raphael. Been a while. We actually <laughs> yeah. had this conversation on the way home, and I was telling the kids to like, <laughs> I'm like, but just look it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just look up who it is. But we were like arguing about it. I don't even know if we ever got an answer. But uh, you knew you didn't eat Master Splinter. No, I didn't eat Splinter. I think it was Michelangelo. But okay. uh, it was a it was a great turnout. They had a bunch of um, 
you know, different raffles and stuff, but the cake pop was really good, but great crowd. Uh, great, uh, you know, little give back. So it was, my sister helped out over at Ursuline coaching like the JV team and my cousins over there and my cousin's cousin. And so it was uh, a lot of different people. There a lot of people, you know, friends and family showing up, which was really cool. And he was excited. Little, little Owen dropping the puck. He, he went for like more of a flip and, uh, mm-hmm. but he was into it. It was good. Good stuff. The, all, all the Clyde, good to see him. Clydesdale. Good to see him out of the hospital. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we still wish him the best on his road to recovery. But were all the Clydesdales there in support? Oh yeah, yeah, nah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. So good. Yeah. yeah, it was good. Good stuff. Um, let's talk about Franklin Sports here. Franklin Sports is the official street hockey partner of the National Hockey League. Check out their line of official NHL street hockey games and training equipment at FranklinSports.com today. Uh, Mots, I think it's time we we send it over to Josh Bailey. Obviously, former former teammate of yours with the Islanders, played about fifteen years there, over a thousand games. Uh, was a fantastic player, and and seems like you know I I just met him, but seems like an unbelievable guy. Yeah, awesome guy, really a great pro. Yeah, has a really you know a good story about you know just some of the pressures that he had or didn't feel, but like he played. Yeah. You know, you know, stayed in the moment, had a little adversity, kind of worked his way through, and you know, just a really, really great per- person. Uh, was always willing to learn from you know the veteran presence, and you know, you know, kind of then being in a leadership role, it was great to hear. But before we throw it to Josh, TSR Hockey is located in tax-free Salem, New Hampshire, where you can stock up on all your equipment needs for the remainder of the hockey season. TSR stocks team apparel from CCM and Bauer and does everything in-house, embroidery and printing. You can reach them at their team store at 603-912-5970. Ask for Mike or Dave, and they will take care of you. Now is the time to give them a buzz to talk about how your team can upgrade your gear, wear, and swag game. TSR Hockey is New England's premier hockey store and is a proud sponsor of the Ranks Ranks. Visit tsrhockey.com for all your shopping needs, and make sure that you tell them the shrink sent you. Now... Let's kick it over to Josh Bailey. Hope you enjoy. And our next guest on the Ring Shrinks podcast, a veteran of 1,057 games, drafted in the first round, ninth overall in the 2008 NHL entry draft by the New York Islanders, and one hell of a guy, former teammate, and seventh all-time in New York Islanders uh, scoring. Welcome to the podcast, Josh Bailey. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, boys. Yeah, Josh, this is exciting. It's always great to uh, have one of Mott's former teammates on and just be able to talk about his locker room antics a little bit <laughs> and then really get into the nitty-gritty of uh, of your career. Obviously, you know, we've never met, but it was it was a pleasure to watch you over the years and such a great player. And, um, you know, congrats on, on you know, over a 1,000 games, seventh all-time in New York Islanders history, which is pretty incredible when you think back to all the, the players that have played in that organization. Yeah, thanks. I mean, appreciate it. It's, uh, you know, I guess when you play there for 15 years, you better find your way up in the, up the charts. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it was, it was a great run and I'm, I've been enjoying the last couple of months, uh, just being a dad and being at home and taking them to their hockey and, and doing those things that I think you, uh, as you're playing, you you know you make the most of your time at, at home, as you guys would know. Um, but I think I've really realized how much you're you're truly away. And you know, even a home game day, you 
you probably see your, you know, you see them at breakfast and then see them for a minute after school and you're off to the game. So it's, there's a lot of time away. So I've been uh, trying to soak it all in here. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And, and to, you know, just have that perspective of the sacrifices that, you know, the wife and family make and, and the kids, uh, it's so important to kind of be able to just, you know, unwind and slow down and take it all in. So I'm glad that you're being able to do that. Um, so can you take us back to early on? Mots, your- hold on. I got to ask him. How, I know my brother since, since his retirement, his golf game's gotten a lot better. How's yours? We're, uh, we're going to be trending that way here shortly. I actually, <laughs> I didn't play much when I got back, even though the weather was still fine here to keep going. I, I just took some time. I was like, whatever, I'm just kind of hanging out. Uh, but I took my first lesson last week, so I'm going to be uh, taking some lessons. I got a couple golf trips coming up. Oh, yeah. I'll be uh, putting a little more time into it now and trying to uh, trying to get that handicap down a little bit. Once yeah, you get all the kids. Yeah. <laughs> Once you get all the kids out of the house and, and you know, they're at school every day, that's the time to go work on your game. For sure. And it'll be uh, as the weather starts getting nicer here as the uh, school year goes on or the year goes on, I should say, there'll be uh, plenty of time for me to get out. That's great. That's great. Mott, sorry to cut you off on that one, but I just, it was on the head, on the top yeah, of the head. I didn't it, want to forget real, about it. Yeah, it's really important. It was a shiny object that flashed through your brain. <laughs> so, yeah, as I was saying, uh, you know, early on, um, how did you fall in love with the game? You know, who were some of your early influences? You know, how did you kind of get going? Well, certainly my mom and dad. Um, you know, I think both of them had a, a love for the game. My, my mom, too. She's a, a fan of hockey and um, but I think my, my dad from a young age would, would take me skating. I think, uh, you know, I realize now, especially having kids that, you know, the amount of time that he put into my brother and I, when we were, especially when we were young, kind of to, to set us up in the right direction, be able to be a good skater when you start hockey. And, um, but I would definitely say my mom and dad, and then, uh, obviously my brother, my brother's two and a half years younger than me, but then him as well. I think the two of us were, you know, always, always playing hockey and always uh, watching hockey or, or what have you. Did you ever beat him up? No, I'd like to think I was pretty good to him. Um, <laughs> I don't recall <laughs> earlier days, but uh, no, I think we, we always had a great relationship. That's good stuff. What about uh, playing other sports growing up? Obviously, being a Canadian kid, we know hockey's religion up there, but was it, uh, were your parents pretty like hockey specific or was it play as much as you can? No, they were definitely not hockey specific. They were more so like put your bag away in the summer. Mm-hmm. And I played a lot of baseball. My dad loved baseball, so we he would coach our baseball team. And I played a ton of baseball until I was probably 11 or 12, I would say. And then, I, you know, it was cutting into my road hockey time. So it was like, <laughs> don't do this anymore. And, um, but it was, you know, I, I think I wanted to play in the summer. Um but I'm glad and, and at the same time, and I'm going to try and do the same thing with my boys and daughter if she decides to play. But uh, pick something else up, go play another sport, miss the game a little bit. I think uh, I think that's important. And um, but we still. That being said, I think even when by the time we moved to uh, basically the house that I really call home in Bowmanville, we were playing road hockey constantly. So that was like our our fix in the summertime. So. Um, but yeah, I, I love playing all the other sports, especially in school. We play, I'd play every sport that came along, especially because you got to miss miss a day of school for the tournament. So it'd be like, whatever, badminton, sure, I'm on the badminton, whatever, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, we definitely played it all. 
I think we talk about that a lot on the podcast about being an athlete first, enjoying your time as a kid, and that, those transferable skill sets that you don't really know you're you're learning, but then you can apply to the specific sport that you're playing, which it would, was hockey. Um, you know, eye hand footwork. You know, this is just different using different muscles, so you're not wearing the muscles out that you need when you're when you need to be at the, the highest level. Uh, at whatever age you are playing hockey. So that's really good. You know, we kind of encourage that. So that's good, you know, that you had that during your upbringing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How have you seen it with, obviously I know your, your, your boys are still young and, you know, playing mites and all that, but is, have you seen the, the, like the craziness yet? You said your oldest is what? Seven. Seven. Yeah. So <laughs> in terms of like the year round, the summer hockey tournaments, people just, private lessons every other day before school after school have you have you seen that madness yet yeah a little bit um yeah i, I could see how it could definitely trend even further that way uh, but i don't that won't be that won't be our uh my with my boys anyway it's yeah i think at this age especially and i've, I've talked to some of the other parents about it it's like have fun i mean if you're not if you're not having fun at, at their age now you're not you're never going to enjoy it um, but then it's that balance. I think, you know, I mentioned to you guys before the show about me coaching them next year and it's such a balance of like teaching and like letting their games develop and grow, but still maintaining that fun is paramount. Um, so I'm sure that's something as I get coaching next year that I'll have to try and navigate through. And maybe you guys can give me some pointers on that. Well, we're more than happy to take road trips. We can come help out of practice, whatever, whatever you need. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, we'll have that uh, little quadrant reunited. Uh, you know, yeah. Just it's uh, it's an amazing. Uh, you know, when we were teammates, Mighty Reasoner was there. Amac, Andrew McDonald, yeah, uh, Jay Pandolfo. It was like a little quadrant of Steve Steos. Uh, you know. The the Beck. Yeah, Johnny T was there, but he was you know, he was just kind of off to the side. He you know, he didn't like the nonsense as much, but <laughs> yeah. we, we gotta reunite for sure. Absolutely. Those are those are a couple of good years when you guys are uh, were on the team. It, maybe Talk not to- maybe not in the standings, but we uh we had some yeah. time together. Yeah. Yeah, we won the off ice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Talk about, um, you know, your youth hockey experience. I know we touched on a little bit, but like, what were your memories playing hockey? Was it, was it just, um, a lot of intensity, like craziness or was it, you know, travel programs, all that stuff, or or was it just kind of recreational and more fun? And then as you got a little bit older, more serious, definitely recreational, more fun. I think, uh, so when I was, I, I grew up, until I was eight, I lived in Oshawa, so I played what would novice mites there, mm-hmm. and then my family we moved to uh, Bowmanville, like twenty minutes down the road, and that's where I played for for Clarington. But I think the uh, and I'm sure it might have been like this for you guys too. For us, it was you you played there. I played there from the time I was nine until I moved on to the OHL. It was like I played with the same guys, wow. pretty give or take a couple guys every year, um, or not, maybe not even every year sometimes, but we kind of grew as a, as a group and uh, still have some great friends from that, that team today. And a um, lot of, lot of really good memories with those guys. And uh, I kind of capped it off. My last two years um, was when we actually made a jump. To, we were never really like relevant. We were always just kind of middle of the pack, losing the playoffs. Um, 
and then we we finally got a little better the last couple of years. We had a new coach come in, taught who he was name, and he, you know, I firsthand saw what a coach, especially at that age, can can do to a team. And all of a sudden, the next by the end of that that year, I think we came third, and the next year we won it. So it was uh, in in big, you know, in our draft year to the OHL. So it was a big deal, and uh, still one of my fondest hockey memories to this day. Um, but up until that point, it was uh, you know we we're middle of the pack and just uh, nonetheless had a, had a ton of great memories and great friendships. In the Toronto Metro League, uh, I mean, seeing that you're one hour outside of Toronto, pretty much, right, Bowmanville. Yeah, uh, was that was that that league that you know a, a lot of those you know higher end club teams are playing in right now, or is it was it more just local? So it's- no, it was called the OMHA. Um, the GTHL was the Toronto League. Yeah, uh, we, there were still, I'd say, the top teams, and it, it may have changed, but there was still some good OMHA. And then if you were in the Toronto area, there was probably the top four, five teams in that league were always really good. Um, so for us, we weren't really, we didn't play those teams very often, but you know, we weren't really competing with them until we got to probably fourteen, fifteen, where we could actually hold our own. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about that transition. Obviously, you talked about your youth hockey experience, but what was it like going? Um, you know, just looking at at hockey DB. Obviously, you 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 know stepped right in and to the uh, to Owen Sound. But what was that decision like? And going into the OHL, uh, there wasn't much thought behind it. I uh, yeah. I grew up going to. Oshawa Generals games. My dad, from a young age, would take my brother and I over to their practices and watch them practice and go to the games. And uh, my grandparents were season ticket holders to the Belleville Bulls, so we would go to Belleville games when we were and visiting my grandparents. Um, so for me, it was something I always wanted to do. And on top of that, I never had a school come even say anything to me. So it was I'm going. <laughs> to but it was uh, it was great. It was a good transition. It was you know it was a dream of mine to to play at that level first and foremost. And um, moving away at 15 was was uh, honestly not too bad. It was we had a good group of guys, and you know I was getting to play in the OHL, so it was uh, I was excited to be there. And um, you know you have your ups and downs at that age, but it was all in all uh, a, a pretty good first year. I had, I had one injury that kind of set me back. The second half, I didn't necessarily play it a ton, but great learning experience. And I think you come back the next year that much more prepared and ready to go. An impressionable time, in my opinion, like when you decide to go to junior, there's, you know, as a younger player, um, can you talk about some of the coaches that you had and, and some of the influences, you know, at that impressionable time that allowed you to kind of develop at your own pace, but also kind of give you the framework and the foundation to kind of really build upon during, during those um, junior years. Yeah. So I think in junior I had, uh, I had Mike Stuthers, um, who is, is an intense guy. It was, uh, it was a big wake up call for me, uh, going there and playing for him. Um, good guy. I liked him. Um, but he was intense and he, he ran a tight ship. Um, but I think, you know, I look back and there's some times where I'm like, Oh man, like I was 16 and like, it was, it was intimidating. Um, Never don't I don't think for a second that it, in a in a bad way I think it, if anything it it prepared me for the next level and and to understand what being a pro was going to be like and you got to have thick skin and you got to be prepared and you got to uh, you know take things head on and it it made me grow up pretty quick um, 
but in a good way. And then I went to, uh, got traded to Windsor my second year. And that was probably the best thing that happened in my career, getting to play for Bob Boogner, Bob Jones, DJ Bornreichel. Those guys were, were awesome. And I, I loved every second of being there in Windsor, made some great friends and, um, you know, ultimately it was kind of what propelled me to, uh, to getting drafted where I did. Can you talk about that, that OHL experience just in terms of, I feel like a lot of people that listen, like we've talked to so many college people, but can you talk like the day to day of playing major junior, uh, what that's like compared to, you know, your college schedule, that's, you know, four days of practice and then you play your games Saturday, Sunday nights. Oh, yeah, Friday, Saturday, typically. Yeah. I don't know where I just got Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> yeah, it, um, I would say you get probably one day a week off, usually depending on your schedule on the weekend. But it, it's a grind. I mean, I remember times that first year I'd be sleeping at my desk and in, in, at school because you're just smoked. Like we would have usually I, I'm trying to remember an Owen sound anyway, because I'm, I'm trying to relate it when I was actually still in school. My last year I wasn't in school when I was playing, but um you know, you get up, go to school like everyone else. And then we'd leave just a little before the end of the day, go to the rink. You'd have like a two hour practice, get home, scarf some food in you, maybe have time to do something with a couple of guys on the team and then shut it down. And then uh, you'd usually have two or three games a week. And on top of your school schedule and the travel, the bus trips, it's, it's, it's a grind, but it was a, Again, I, I had a blast. I loved it, and I wouldn't change a thing. I think uh, it got a little easier um, for me personally my last year because I had I graduated from high school. I was a late birthday, um, so they were talking to me about going and taking a college course or something. I think we went one day, and we left before the teacher even did roll call. We're like, nah, I don't think this is going to happen. I'm, <laughs> my parents were, were okay with it. I'm like, this is my draft year. Let's, I just want to focus on hockey. So that year was uh, – was a lot easier on me uh, physically. You could actually put some more time in with uh, get, making sure you're, uh, you know, you're not spending seven hours a day at school. You're kind of with the guys or working out or doing your thing in the morning and then you come back for practice. So that year was a little easier on me. What was the course? Ballroom dancing? <laughs> yeah. My, yeah. <laughs> Might actually got something out of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's great. No, that that's important though. I mean, that you had that ability to, kind of just focus on what you needed to do to, you know, improve your draft and, and help your team along the way, you know, just taking care of your, your uh, nutrition, your body, getting, you know, rest. And you were actually like a pro before you became a pro, which is Definitely. pretty cool. Not, yeah. Not many people have that, um, or that option or that ability. So that, I'm guessing that really provided you with, you know, a, a good base going into that, you know, draft year and, and being able to, to play at the highest level that you did. Oh, it did. Without a doubt, it did. I think, you know, my focus was, you know, all on hockey and I had the guys around me who were in the same boat. So we were all hanging out. We were great buddies and doing the same things. And, um, but yeah, hockey was definitely the, the focus. And I think, uh, you know, you're, you're just so, so, I'm so hungry, you know, you're like, this is the year, you know, we've got to have a big year. The team did well. And, um, we ended up losing the first round of the playoffs, unfortunately, but we, uh, <laughs> It was, a, it was a fun year and just a tough matchup in the playoffs. Oh, that's uh, good stuff. Was Halsey one of your line mates or was he on uh, the second line? No, Halsey was there that year. He was he was a rookie that year. Um, 
so he, yeah, him and Ryan Ellis were both 16 year olds, but they were, you know, coming as 16 year olds and they were, you could tell right away. You're like, these guys are, are special. And they're both on the first power play unit pretty quickly. And Ellie was walking the line and you're like, Oh yeah, this, this kid's pretty special. And I think to do that when both of them to do that, when they're at that age, you know, you really, uh, really can appreciate it. I think by the, I don't know if Halsey and I played a ton together until maybe the end of the year, they put us on a line, um, and we had a really good stretch and obviously, you know, you get, even at that age, like I said, you get a chance to, to play with him. And I was down the middle at that point too. So his speed and his shot and goal scoring ability was a, was a good mix. Right. That's awesome. That, that's fun to hear. About yeah. There's a lot of, experience. right. And, and so many guys that play in the NHL, even from your first couple of years, right. You get playing with guys like Bobby Ryan and, and things like that as a, as a younger player, was it like, and, and seeing those guys, obviously a, a guy like him get taken second overall was it you know did it start to become a reality for you thinking like as you got up you know better and better and started putting up points like wow I can be a a top 10 pick or were you you know where did you kind of see yourself at at that stage of the game yeah I mean I would say the you know the first year with uh that I went there and Bob was there it was it was like wow this guy's good you know like he impressed good he was um, and amongst others who are there too, I, I'd say for me personally, I didn't really, I didn't really know, you know, I knew like I was just on this path and I was playing in the OHL. Obviously I wanted to play in the NHL, but, uh, I think my second year was more like a touch or being a late birth year. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen guys my age get drafted and uh, you know, you can't help but compare yourself to them. You're like, okay, this guy just went here and you know, I, okay. I think I, I think then for me, that really motivated me in that summer and going into the next year being like, okay, I got, I got, a, I got a shot to, uh, you know, to get, to be a high pick. I didn't know how high I didn't, you know, but that just to, to get drafted and in the first couple rounds, I was kind of my goal. And then, uh, you know, that year kind of is what it is and propelled uh, to the next level. Yeah. It's, it's natural to, you know, compare yourself to some peers or, or some guys that came before you, but did you stay in the present? Like you, you did kind of mention that about, Hey, I want to win the the mem cup here. I want to win, you know, this game. I want to be good in practice. Like did, even though you're considered a, you know, a, a high prospect or a high candidate to be drafted high, did that ever distract you coming down the stretch when you were playing, you know, um, you know, for your, for your team, because like when we talk about staying in the present, you know, for these kids, it's one of those things that it's natural to kind of, you know, future forecast. And like, if you can kind of guard against that. And I just wanted to see what your kind of situation was like on, on that stage. Yeah. I I know exactly what you mean. I think for me, it was probably the opposite. I wasn't nervous about it at all. I was excited about it. It was like, got this great opportunity. You know, I even go back to like when you're, 15 we had a like i said we had a good team and all of a sudden they're coming to the games right and you know if that can change for change some kids mindsets and maybe not bring the best out of them and maybe bring a, a worse game out of them i think for me it was always exciting it was motivating it was like okay great you know i wanted this i want like and not just not just for me at that point but for all the guys and for the team and um but yeah then that last year it was never as like my stock went up or whatever, it was never, uh, it was just more motivating, you know? And I think that was, uh, just my mentality behind it. It wasn't something I spent a whole lot of time thinking about. It was just 
a dream, you know, it was like, oh, okay, like this is reachable. Um, and just put all you have into it. As a parent, I think that's, I, I guess I've phrased it wrong, but I think a lot of times we see now the parents are the ones that kind of get caught up in that hype of it and almost apply extra pressure to the kid. What was your, you know, you said your parents were huge supporters and everything like what was their mindset throughout? So it was even just kind of surreal to them. No, I, I mean, I always had great support from them. And I think it's honest, it's allowed me to be how I am with my kids now because of how, how they were with me. And it was just always a positive reinforcement. There wasn't uh negativity behind things. There wasn't any yelling at you. If you had a bag, there was none of that. It was always, you know, just have a conversation and, um, I would say my dad pushed me, but only in the right way, never in a, a negative way. Uh, it would just be to keep my head on straight, like any father to a teenage son would be it as I got a little older. But even when I was younger, it was the same. It was as you're uh, running around major junior cities, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was always uh, always there to kind of be the the positive reinforcement. Along with my mom, I always knew she had my back, so it was never. Uh, not like what you can see sometimes. Uh, it was certainly not it for me. They were very, uh, very good, uh, good parents. Me up, up until this day, until the day I retired, it was always I could pick up the phone if things weren't going well, and they'd be there to uh, to support me. Uh, that, that's great. I mean, we do talk about, and we have the mailbag. You know, so every other week we do a mailbag, and we have uh, questions and and you know our experiences. You do see some of that external pressure coming from parents at an early age, and you know, I'm sure you've seen some of that Mitch Marner footage of his dad when he was younger. And, you know, there's some crazy, you know, unfortunately it worked though for Mitch. You know, yeah. That's like the one yeah. thing. But uh, at the end of it, you know, as a, you know, you, what you experienced is what you want to provide for your kids. And, and I think that's like a great message for parents about you just taking your foot off the gas and, you know, just making sure that, yeah, you're keeping your kid on the right path, especially in those teenage years, because, you know, you can stray a little bit and, you know, just like every other teenage kid. But as as far as what you experience is what and what you want to provide. And, and that's that's like the uh, the cool part about being involved in the game, giving it back to your kids. Oh, no doubt. It was like a funny story with one of the one of the parents from the team last year. And he, he's a great guy. He's funny. He's he gets into the games and he, he's not negative or anything but he gets yelling a little bit and barking at the referees i was standing beside him and he kind of lets one loose and um, i kind of look over at him like oh okay and he's like did your did your parents yell at you when you you played i was like no oh okay yeah (laughs) then he goes down the other end and and continues (laughs) to yell But I find all that, I mean, teach their own, I guess, but like, I'm, I'm certainly probably the same boat as you guys where it's like, they're, they're just kids. Like, let's, let's let them have fun. And, um, like, like we were saying though, it's just, it's tough to navigate some of it, but I think that side of it's pretty easy. Yeah. I think the normalness of being a good parent and supporting your kid is very easy. I think so many people just get caught up in, you know, the day-to-day nonsense of, of, whether it's chasing it, chasing tournaments, chasing different things. And then, you know, what goes on in a, in a game? Like we, you see videos and these people go viral and we see it ourselves, right? Parents yelling and screaming, yelling at a 13-year-old referee. And it's yeah. like, what are we doing, guys? Like this kid's not a professional. 
Yeah. Um, so it, it's just, it's tough. It, it, it is. And I think the, the, you know, 90% of the good people out there, you know, that, that make it are, you know, similar to my brother, right? My parents, there was no pressure. They just like, go have fun and be a kid and yeah. enjoy it. Right. But, you know, and then you have the Bobby Ryan type stories, right? Different people with, for, that come from different backgrounds, right? Where they're just a little bit crazy. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and that, that that's like what you said earlier in the, uh, you know, in the interview here or our chat here, you know, the, the basis is to give them a little bit of structure, but make sure that they're still having fun because if they're not f- having fun right now, they're never going to have fun playing the game. So if you can cultivate that and, you know, and continue to like really, you know, nurture that love for the game, it's only going to benefit them down the road. So I love your approach already as, as a, I love it. A, a, a new, a new hockey kind of like in the mix with the, the nonsense. Oh, so it's good. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's been fun. It's been a little eye opening. It's been fun. <laughs> uh, talk about that, that draft experience, obviously, you know, any good stories of like getting interviewed by teams Did you have an idea where you were going to get, obviously the central scouting and everything, but what was the, uh, the thought process going into the, to the draft? Yeah. So I, I didn't, I didn't really know. I, I, I thought personally as the interviews, as the year finished, I thought I was going to get drafted by LA and reason being was the GM who drafted me, Mike Fuda in the OHL was their head scout. And Dean Lombardi was the GM at that time. And, you know, I don't know Dean overly well other than that, those few meetings with them, but seems like a, a pretty intense guy and a straight shooter. And I'd had a couple good meetings with them. And I, I had one, they came to see me after our first playoff game. And I got sick the day before, couldn't eat, not like felt awful. And we played a back-to-back coming up. So sure enough, I, I think either Reichs or someone came and told me like, hey, Dean wants to see you after the game. I'm like, oh, great. I did not, I did not play well. And I'm like, let's go out there and have a good chat with him. Futes is there. And then... Um, he's like, how do you think you played? And I'm like, he's like, at a five. I'm like, ah, two. And like, I, di- I didn't tell him about being sick. And I'm just like, ah, I feel like he is no bullshit guy. He doesn't want to hear that. Right. And then I have another meeting with him, and this is at the combine. And he was, he was, wasn't in the meeting yet. I'm sitting talking to feuds. I sat in his chair and he comes in, he's like, sitting, you know, like kind of laughing, you know, whatever. And then I remember the one question, because it was like, again, I'm, I'm just like, I'm not going to lie to you. You know, like he goes, uh, do you drink beers? I'm like, sometimes he's like, if you, uh, if you go out with the guys, like how many beers do you have? I'm like, you know, at this point I'm 18. Like I was going to the bar. I was like, you know, we would go out once in a while. I'm like, he's like six. I'm like, oh, more than that. He's like, <laughs> and I'm like, probably not. He's like, 12? I'm like, sure, yeah, like probably like 12. And then he's like, you can't win with a bunch of choir boys. <laughs> so I was like, I'm like, oh, I guess you like my answer, you know? And then they, uh, so we had a good talk. He seemed great. And then uh, at the draft, I was ranked 12th uh, going into it. And LA had a, a late pick in the first round. They ultimately took Drew Doughty with their second pick. And then they traded up from late first to 12th. And I was like, I looked at my dad. I'm like, I'm going to LA for sure. Like, right. Um, I had met with Garth the night before the draft, had a good talk with Garth. 
but they were picking fifth. And I was like, yeah, there's no way they're not going to take me fifth. They traded down to seventh um, with the Leafs and then traded down from seven to nine with Nashville, I believe. And I'm kind of like, yeah. And then all of a sudden my agent comes like walking over like for, I'm like, it's weird. Like, and then sure enough, they took me. So it was, uh, and thankfully they did. I, I, I can't imagine my life if they, uh, if they hadn't. Right. So it's a pretty special, uh, moment. I think I had nights throughout those, that last year, junior, just envisioning that moment, right. Of how much you want it. And, um, when it comes true and you get your, your mom, dad, your brother, your whole family there, I had some friends there. It was close to home. It was, uh, something I'll never forget. Let's take a little break from this interview and talk about the Colony Grill. One of the hottest things about traveling for hockey tournaments is deciding where to eat. But it's really a no-brainer. Colony Grill is home of the famous hot oil pizza and one-of-a-kind razor-thin crust. It's comfortable, friendly, and run by hockey people, so there's always a game on. If you're heading down I-95 in the Connecticut or Westchester area, or if you're in Maryland, Virginia, or Florida, there's probably a Colony Grill close by. Bring the team in, order it to the hotel, or even pick up a steaming hot pie on the way to the rink. You'll agree, Colony Grill lives up to that hot oil hype. Hot to, hype. Find, <laughs> to find your nearest location uh, on your way to the rink, head to colonygrill.com. Uh, shout out to Nick Marshall, who uh, we saw. He, he tagged us in a nice picture. He stopped in at the, uh, the Colony Grill on his way to the PWHL uh, game. And, uh, you know, some nice pitches. So make sure you hit us up on the Instagram. Take pictures with the team. Uh, we love, you know, when when our fans and our friends hit up places that that support the rink shrinks and, and everything. I know everybody that goes to, to Colony absolutely loves it. And I'm still bitter that I, I haven't received any pizza on my way up from uh, any of these mid-Fairfield parents, you know. I mean, that's, like I said, bulletin board material. <laughs> and I'm back to the interview with Josh Bailey. Yeah, who, who knows if you slid to 12, you'd be like a soft Southern California guy now. Yeah. Yeah, but you put bleach blonde hair, you know, just surfing. Well, maybe <laughs> years ago, bleach blonde hair, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a great, uh, that's a great uh, kind of story on how, and like those draft interviews are 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 pretty interesting. You know, they ask you some. They want to get into the psychology of a, a person as a player and just kind of see and how you react. And um, but th- those behind the scenes stuff is is neat. So thanks for sharing that. And I, I never really got those. Uh, you know, I was just like kind of a throw in. You know, late round guy. So they never really cared to talk to you. But that uh, those top end uh prospects get get put through the ringer a little bit and i know uh, there's been some funny stories out there but i like uh, lombardi's yeah you can't win with a bunch of choir boys uh line you might have to use that <laughs> yeah he was he was uh an interesting interview for sure but it was uh actually uh mixing up with them and i think like you said it's like they're just trying to like tap in to get to know you and who you are and see if you're gonna if you're going to stutter, if you're going to lie to them, if you're going to be like, who, who am I talking to here? Who am I going to invest this traffic in? And I get it from that perspective for sure. Yeah. And as far as like that transition, right, you're, you're a high pick as far as, you know, going into your first training camp uh, or did you, did you even get a chance to go, you know, catch some games, be a black ace after um, your junior season because sometimes you know, organizations allow that to happen to you know kind of acclimate you to the pro kind of 
environment. And, you know, I think it's very beneficial. But what, what, can you talk about that transition from junior to your first training camp? Yeah, it was kind of, it was a little unorthodox for me. I, I came to camp and um, I, I came, that was my first camp, get drafted, come in rookie camp that summer, come to camp. And in that one meeting with Garth, he was like, he wanted to build something here that was like, guys were up together. And it, it's still, you see a lot of guys that are, have been drafted that are still here that are, you know, close personal friends for the rest of your life. That was kind of his idea. And um, in doing so, he wanted guys to move down in the summer and train here and be a part of Long Island. And so I had said, he's like, asked me, would you move down? And I was like, yes. And then afterwards, I'm like, shit like <laughs> like well, i want to spend my summers with my family and with my buddies and like um anyway he august came around and i was all right yep coming down so we come down and it was it was i'm actually really glad we did because i got to know the guys kind of before camp and everything and uh spend a few weeks with them and then when camp started uh actually i got hurt early in camp i pulled my like psoas like in my hip Oh, it was brutal. And I was, I didn't want to be, you know, at that point I got, you know, Billy Garen, Dougie Wade, all these like legends in the room, older guys. And I'm just like trying to be like, stay in my lane, you know, like not get on the table. Yes. And they're like, <laughs> I had to, and I'd have to get there crazy early and whatever. But, um, <laughs> I get, I get to a point I'm like trying to play through it and I just can't like I get, they finally, I get an MRI done. And they're like, I'm like, so what is it? Like, they're like, oh, you're going to be at least like two months. I'm like, okay. So they had to keep me here. And I was supposed to go back to, uh, to Windsor that year. Um, and we had a great team in Windsor and I'm like, kind of, you know, okay, well, I didn't know what was going to happen. Right. All of a sudden I start getting healthy. think that they're going to send me back. They're like, yeah, you're, you're going to play. I'm like, okay. So I, played my nine games and then they have to make the decision. I played okay. I didn't have any goals. I had a couple assists played, played decent, especially considering now looking at it, not playing for two months. You're like, you know, you're pretty far yeah. behind. All right. Especially early in the year. Um, but anyway, they, they ultimately end up keeping me and it was uh, a really good learning experience that first year. Um, I wouldn't change anything. I think when I look, if I look back, you know, I was going to be the, the captain in Windsor. We had, they won the Memorial Cup. I probably would have played World Juniors. There were some things that would have been like pretty cool to do, but when you're playing in the playing in the NHL, it's you know, it's tough to really look back on those things. And yeah, you're not send, you're not sending those back those uh, checks back. That's for sure. No, I was. It's like I remember showing someone. Can you believe what they're paying me to play hockey? Like, <laughs> but it was. Uh, Great learning experience. A ton of good people were there and really good veteran guys um, kind of helped move things along. And we had some good young guys too. It was kind of the start of a rebuild. And um, that was one thing with, with Snowy always brought in, you know, then Mots and we had those years with you guys. And there was always good veteran guys and how important that is to a young team. Um, yeah, it was huge. Those years kind of have, have some older guys uh, leading the way. Who were those influences that, you know, you talked about Billy Garen and Dougie Waite, but what were those guys like? Or, or were they the biggest influences, especially as a, as a young kid coming in? Like, what did they provide for you? And it's, you know, you look at a guy like Garen, right? Obviously, it's like, no wonder why he's now going to be a longtime GM in the league. Yeah, no, they were great. Honestly, D Dougie is still a close personal friend and um, 
great to me from from day one. I remember going in there. They had like some. We had this introduction party thing they were doing here, so they flew me in as the first round pick, and I show up and they just signed Dougie. So Dougie was there. Billy's there. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm still 18. I'm like looking at these guys, like, you know, I've been bummed shoulders with guys like this before, right? You're like, Oh, these are like, I grew up watching these guys play video games as these guys. And they were just so cool and nice. And I mean, if you guys know them, they're, they're hilarious and made things really easy. And, um, and then with, with Billy, I mean, the first couple months, you know, he's a chirpy guy and hilarious. Like I said, I'm like, this guy hate me. Like, I don't like what, and he wasn't being like, he's just like, a lot and then uh next thing i know he's like hey you're coming over to my place he has me over for for my birthday cake dinner with the whole family throws me the keys to his jeep because i didn't have a car yet and uh yeah they they really looked out for me and then even more so with dougie moving forward because he was here for such a played with him for a while and he was coaching for a while and the head coach um very influential on on my career and and a huge part of uh you know me kind of progressing as i got older yeah, I mean, that, that's so invaluable when you're a young player to have quality veterans, whether it be junior, you know, high school, upperclassmen, college. And then when you're looking at pro, because you you grew into a leader yourself and just taking some of those traits that and those experiences that you had as a younger player, I'm sure that you passed it along because I know you as a person, you know, you're doing it on the ice, you're leading by example, but also you know, taking some of those leadership qualities that you learned along the way from very, you know, quality people. I'm sure that was, you know, an easy kind of fit for you to be in that leadership role and wear the A for as long as you did. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, like you said, you're, you're constantly picking little things up from, uh, from all your teammates along the way. And it doesn't even, you know, sometimes it's not even a veteran guy. It's like, uh, it could be just one of your buddies. Uh, it was your age or even younger sometimes. And, um, I think the, the way you watch guys and how they handle themselves was a big one for me and how they handle themselves in tough situations. And, um, and I think the biggest one is how someone you would watch how they guys handle themselves when things aren't going well, right? Like, Oh, he hasn't scored in a while. Team's not doing well. Um, he had a tough night, but some other guy scored the game winner. Was he just as excited for this guy or was this is like, these are things I try and tell my boys now, um, you know, talk after the game. I'm like, well, you better be, just as excited when one of your buddies scores a big goal because guess what when it's your turn and you score the big goal if what if no one's excited for you you know like what if you're not like you're just being selfish at that point i'm like your buddy scores you make sure you get in there and let him know like yeah like let's go let's go and they both do a good job at, at those little things but i think those were big ones for me that i really as as things went on and no one's perfect guys have their off nights but i think ultimately that's that's uh shows your character you nailed it. Yeah, no, you did. You, you, you crushed that. Um, you talk about, obviously, you know, you, you get drafted and, and the Islanders are a bit in a, of, of a rebuild, but then obviously, you know, getting John Tavares to come in, like, what was it like? What was, what was he like right off the bat? Yeah, Johnny was great. I, I mean, I knew Johnny a little bit from before. Um, I think when he, he, he lightened up a little bit, he was always extremely focused. Um, do you Very, think uh, do, do you think Z was a big part of that? Zen and Kanopka? I think Z and PA helped him along the way there. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was very focused and to this day still is. I was actually able to grab dinner with him when he was in town here last week. And he's, um, 
you know, family man now obviously has kids, things have changed a little, but very, very focused and dedicated to his craft. And I think as a, as a younger guy, he was maybe even more, nah, it's tough to say more so, but like he, I think he's learned how to like balance everything better. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you could ask him that. I think he would say the same thing. Um, but yeah, he was uh, always a good guy. We always had a good, good friendship and, um, it was fun to watch him up close for a lot of those years. And then ultimately him and I ended up on a line with Anders Lee mostly. And, and we had a couple, couple really good runs. And I think, you know, his game still I'll throw the odd game on. And it's just like all the little things it's like, you get to that area and in your head, you're like now, and it's, it's the right where you need it. It's like, mm-hmm. the, the just does all these little things so well. And he always has. Yeah, I remember he's been in the meet. He was in the media like really young, you know, as an, an exceptional, you know, like uh, getting into the the OHL. And you know, when I came to the island, you know, he was. I was asking him a question. He'd, he'd be giving me like stock answers, like I was the media. I'm like, dude, he was Belichicking you. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but like to your point, he he definitely kind of loosened up. Um, he is a very focused person and. I really loved watching you guys and the chemistry that you guys had when you guys played together. And to your point, he worked on things that, you know, let's just say everyone get knocked his skating. He was working on his skating at the NHL level consistently all the time, just working on his weaknesses, but playing to his strengths. You know, we talk about that a lot on this podcast, but, you know, his vision and his compete and his, his, uh, you know, I, like going against him in practice, I, you know, it was difficult because he really did, work as hard as he did in games and, and that was really cool to see your, your chemistry kind of blend together like you're you're talking about you and taylor hall and junior you and johnny really clicked uh at the nhl level so that was cool to see yeah i mean he's uh he, he's one of those special guys as you know like he finds a way to click with whoever you put him with and i think uh to play with them and our games kind of evolved together as a line with anders um yeah, it was, it was a couple of good years. It was fun. And like you said, Johnny's one of those guys. It's like he literally practices games as if it's – or it practices like it's a game. Like everything mm-hmm. all out. And there's no doubt that that benefits someone, right? Yeah. Well, you talk about athletes. Wasn't that Anders Lee like an unbelievable football player and, and just like an incredible kind of three-sport athlete? Yeah. Yeah, he was a quarterback in high school. Um, we've definitely had some, some chats here and there about it. You got to kind of pry it out of him a little bit, but I think he had some D one offers. I can't remember the schools, um, and ultimately decided to play hockey, which I think was probably a pretty good decision. Right, de- yeah. Decent decision, but he can still, we had a ball up in our, in the gym and he, he could zip the ball. Like it was, it was different, you know, like we'd be throwing it. Some guy's got a good arm and then he'd throw it. Up. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, that hurt my hand. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's great. Yeah. I had always heard, you know, you, those Minnesota kids, obviously they're like, you know, he was a Dinah kid. Right. And, and, you know, you always heard like it was similar to Mott and I, we, we talked to Paul Mott and like he was a three sport athlete and just an incredible overall, just like athlete, not just a hockey player. Yeah. Hey, so does your dad um, still do the Turkey call? Oh yeah. 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 Right into it. Yeah, so you know, meeting uh, his dad Chris on Father's trip. Um, that was I think we were down. That was my I think it was my first year. We were down in uh, Florida, so yeah. it was uh, the Panthers in Tampa, and your dad was just so into it. I, that was like the first one. I don't, I don't. Maybe you guys did it the year before, but 
that was my first one ever too. And, you know, he, he's a big hunter and, you know, I just like, just love him being in the mix with the boys. Yeah. It was yeah. so, so fun. But I remember seeing something on, um, I don't know if it was Twitter or something. It was a, he was celebrating a goal with the turkey call. So <laughs> we might have to, you know, get, can you, can you give a little, do you know how to do it or no? Oh no. He's got, <laughs> Got the mouth call, and he. I, if he was here, he'd be more than happy to step on it. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say that's not the only time he busted out the the turkey call. He did. He ended up doing it. Yeah, he, they were getting. He was getting interviewed on the dad's trip, and someone scored, and he started ripping it off for like the celebration. But yeah, he <laughs> loves his hunting, and we're actually we're doing a. Uh, I just booked a hunting trip actually with him, and then a, a good friend of ours. We're going to Montana to do a turkey hunt in April. Nice. So. Yeah, that should be that should be fun. I'll hopefully be able to send you a couple pictures uh, after the trip. Yeah, yeah we got to hear we got to hear some footage of this turkey call. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah see if you can uh, have them record it and send it to you. We'll, we'll <laughs> pop it up on Instagram. It'll, it'll give me twenty minutes after the uh, after the podcast, and I'll have it to you. <laughs> yeah. Big, oh, big bales. Oh, I love it. That was so fun. Talk about your first NHL goal. Where was that? Where did, who did it come off of? Uh, Phoenix. I think it was, I actually don't remember the goalie. I think it was maybe Brzezgalov. Uh, it is, probably, yeah. Yeah, it would have been in beginning of 09. Actually, it didn't, I didn't score, started the year, I didn't score for like 26 games to start my career. Um, <laughs> so that was, that was where, you know, that can wear on you. You're 19 and like, Oh, like, come on, like, got to find one. But um, Billy Garen made a nice pass and I was able to put one home. It was, uh, you know, again, one of those moments you just, you just never forget. And the second half went a little, uh, went a little smoother after you finally get that monkey off your back. Where's the puck? The puck would be in a storage unit back in, uh, in Whippy, Ontario. <laughs> we had, uh, <laughs> we had, I had all that stuff at our, we had a house back home. And we've since sold it, and this house is filled. We got filled up. We got no place to put everything, so we moved all a lot of stuff from that house into storage. So, eventually, I'm going to get all those little things down here and try and set something up. But I was telling my wife, I'm like, we don't really have this house. Doesn't really like if I put it in the basement, it's going to get destroyed from the boys. I was going to say the kids are going <laughs> to shoot it. And be gone. So it's like I could put it maybe on the wall behind me here, but I'm like, I can't have a shrine in my living room. You know, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I got a lot of those little cool things. My mom collected a lot along the way too, so they're all uh, they're all back home. Yeah, it's like, hey, come over for a dinner party. Oh, no, this stuff, uh, you yeah, know, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Here for- <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Uh, well, you you talked about it like not scoring, and now there's so much. You know, it's a little different when you came in, right? But um, like you see some of the the instant success that guys have or like they don't have success and they send them down to the minors for a little bit, but you did, like you said, you didn't score for a while. And then, but they, they kind of, they kept you around for a few years. I know it uh, like in your third year, you maybe did a little stint down in the American league, but like, you know, what was, you know, was it for you? Was it challenging um, to go through? Like what was there kind of those highs and lows and you just had to just grind it out and you were lucky that, uh, the the islanders were kind of you know stuck with you yeah oh there was definitely highs and lows there's no no doubt about that and, uh, quite a few along the way um, yeah. 
But again, I think those are the ones that we were talking about earlier. You get, if you have a great support system, that kind of helps you through it. And I, I always did. And um, I think the earlier in my career, more so than maybe, you know, the prime of my career um, early on, it got, you know, the next year Johnny comes in and I was drafted as a center. So my second year, Johnny comes in and Johnny's Johnny, right? Like he's, he is who he is. You found, you found your center. Yeah. And then we had Franz Nielsen at the time. We had Nate Thompson as kind of like our fourth line checking center. Franzi was kind of getting to his prime of his career. So there wasn't much room for me except for the third line. And you'd, you'd get your minutes here and there and you'd get like second power play. And I think when they fi- they moved me to wing, I think it was the third or fourth year. Like you said, I went to the minors my third year for a little bit. Um, and then I think they moved me to wing the fourth year. And that that was the best thing for me with the team because it gave me more more chance to play and um, yeah. bigger a bit bigger role. And then I think when it really went to another level, it's you know things have there's turnover obviously in hockey. We had the one year where you know uh, Kyle had, Oposo had left, Franzi had left, um, so there was two spots open in the top six, and I was able to kind of play my way into one of those and then got some more opportunity and it kind of took off from there. So. Um, but even still, I remember I had one one of those years I had a stretch I didn't score for like almost forty games, and it was just wow. just miserable. I mean, I remember getting booed on home ice, and um, yeah, there was there was some tough times for sure. And thankfully, at that point, my wife was then living with me, so at least I had uh, a companionship to kind of get my mind off things. But uh, somebody to cry to. Yeah, there was some uh, there was some tough nights for sure. You kind of. Uh breezed over it a little bit but I, you know as i was your teammate uh that was when you got sent down to bridgeport and i just want to talk about that briefly because you know you're a young player with some expectation on you because you're a high pick and can you talk about that experience because from from where i saw it you went down you lit it up you had a good attitude down there you're a good teammate put the work in and you came back and you handled it like a pro at a young age because a lot of guys could go the other way with it and, you know, kind of like sulk and let it affect their game and maybe stay down there for, you know, longer and maybe never get back. But can you just talk about it from your, you know, perspective and kind of what you experienced and what you felt? Yeah, obviously I was disappointed, right? You know, it's, uh, I felt at that point, it was my third year with the Islanders, you know, this is my team. This is where I'm a part of. Right. And, um, I think, you know, you have one of two ways you can handle it more or less and you can handle it the the right way or, or handle it the, the wrong way. And I think for me, it was, all right, let's just, I, I, I had had a slow stretch, hadn't scored in a little bit or hadn't, we hadn't, team wasn't doing well. I wasn't doing well. And I went down, I, I, I had fun. Like I, the guy at the hotel down there. So a lot of the guys who were called up were at the hotel. We were all hanging out, going for dinners um having a good time i i felt good on the ice i was getting a lot of opportunity you know started getting some points started getting some success and um yeah i i, I was enjoying it obviously it wasn't where i wanted to be but it was like all right let's just go make them make the most of this and there was a great group of guys down there um yeah that was i didn't i didn't put a whole lot of thought into it. i think what i did think was like no one's gonna get um no one's gonna have anything negative to say about me like i'm not going to say the wrong thing to the media i'm not going to do the wrong like i wanted to make sure i approached everything the right way so no one could have anything 
negative to say and not, not, not being teammates or whatever. Cause I think, you know, I'm going to be myself, but um, anyone on the outside, there was going to be no, uh, no BS. So that was kind of my thoughts on it at the time from, from what I remember now, but um, I remember it being a, you know, ultimately being a positive for me. Matza, I was just going to say, I think that's just such a valuable thing. And you, you see so many people, um, you know, young kids get caught up in, in, in different things. And it's, it's very easy, I think, to go the wrong way when it comes to that. Um, so to have that mindset is so important. It's, that's just such a valuable piece of information to take away from this. Um, and, and, you know, I think that probably led to eventually like you, you became a captain, right? You're a long time, wore an, an A on your sweater. And like, what was that experience like overall? And how did you pass those leadership skills on to, to younger guys coming into the team? Yeah, obviously, a, you know, big honor. I think uh, that was the first year Lou and Barry had come in. Um, Johnny had just left for Toronto. Um, so we, you know, we did, didn't know what was going to happen. Ultimately, you know, they named Lizzy captain and Lizzy's, Lizzy's the man. He's a great dude and uh, a great captain. And uh, for them to put an A on my jersey was just, just an honor. I really didn't uh, try to think into it. I just tried to be myself. I think, uh, you know, you can't fake anything in those situations um you know and again those are just things i think from the throughout the course of my career uh you just have to be genuine right if you're if you're not genuine it's not gonna anything's not gonna come across the right way i was never the type of guy who was gonna be the most vocal in the room before a game you know that wasn't me um but i don't know i just i just tried to be myself i didn't put a whole lot of thought that was, uh, that was kind of my approach. And like those, our team were like, uh, you know, we had tons of good guys in that room. It wasn't just the guys with letters on their jerseys. There was other guys that have been around that were great leaders. And I think everyone kind of used each other and relied on each other. You had a, a really good core group there. And then still, there's still a lot of guys there. You know, Matt Martin being one of them, you know, left and came back. I remember having to do rock, paper, scissors with him every day to see who, who untied each other's skates. And then eventually we, we went down to get completely undressed. You know, like this really nasty cup, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, just like good people, uh, you know, pulling in the rope in the right way. And I think that's so important. What you're saying about um, how you handled that adversity that you had, you know, it was control what you can control and you're passing that on to your, to your son and your, your sons and, you know, it's your work ethic, your attitude, and then your teammate, you know, being excited for a teammate when they have success. And so when you get into that leadership role, as you did, you know, you're, you're kind of, you know, just living, you've been doing it the whole time. Yeah. Doing it. And you did it naturally. And so that's really cool to see. And, you know, there's the Islanders, Islanders are in a good spot um, because of that, you know, leadership pass down, like from the guys that you learned from and then, you know, that the guys that you pass it on to. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt. I think a lot of the guys along the way, like you said, it just can be a trickle down effect. If you get the coming in and out of the, out of the organization, it, it, things can, uh, can last and stick. And I think, uh, you know, I'm not in the room on a day to day basis, but I know pretty much all those guys and I'm sure it has. Yeah. That's great stuff. Can you talk about the, you know, just being an Islander and the, the kind of the legends that have played there, but then, you know, and I got to ask this for our producer, Jersey Shore here, but he's he's asking about the whole, uh, you know, Biz and Butch Goring beef 
uh, like on Twitter, is is it is it real? And is Butch just a uh, just a badass type of guy? Yeah, Butch is a good guy. I like Butch a lot. Um, I actually I, I know a little bit about the beef. I don't have Twitter. I don't have Instagram. I'm like not following those things necessarily. My my wife said something the other day because she saw a clip and mentioned it to me. I'm like I remember hearing something about it last year and Biz saying something about. Uh, the Islanders being a snooze fat or whatever, whatever. They yeah. Say. Yeah. I would Jersey Shore. You back there, you pop it, show your face. If you know what we're, what you're talking about, ask your question. Yeah. So basically biz has just been all over the Islanders the last two years, just saying that the, the Islanders hockey is just a snooze fest. The team's a snooze fest. They can't score goals. They play defense. They win games two to one, three, two, and it's just boring. And, Basically, Butch Goring has just gone after him this whole season. Just, you know, the, the Islanders went on this little run, and and Butch is just feeding it to him on Twitter, and it's amazing. And like, Biz just has no idea what to do about it. It's it's pretty it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've like you just I've got a little bit of it. Um, again, like I, I I'm sure it's all in good fun. I don't think yeah. it's really took any of those things to heart i think if anything i laughed at a few of them <laughs> guys would talk about it maybe a little bit in the room here and there but usually i mean this we would, you would just chuckle at it right yeah it's all good for the game and it's like you said that you have a, a legendary guy like butch goring and interacting with a goofball like biz is uh you know at the end of the day it's bringing more eyeballs to the game which is good for our game which we love right no doubt, no doubt. But yeah, Butch, Butch is a good guy. All those guys, honestly, they've uh, you get to meet them throughout the course of my career, and um, all just top shelf guys. Always have the time of day, and uh, still care about the team very much. And it's uh, you know the alumni side of it. Is I'm just kind of getting getting there a little bit. We actually have it in two weeks, and I'm going to go. But um, yeah, I think it's kind of cool. I even even still, you know, I'll throw the games on. I like watching still, and you know, you're cheering for your buddies to do well. And um, but yeah, those guys, uh, the Islanders, mean mean a lot to them. Dude, I got a a call about that weekend, you know, because you know the alumni. I, I'm like alumni to like eight different teams, but <laughs> yeah, so it's, in January. <laughs> so it's just one of those things i i can't make it this year but uh, i would love to you know come down and catch a game with you um, by and i went down to see um to keep see keats record setting uh iron man game yeah yeah pretty pretty cool um that was the first time in the arena and they did a good job at you know there was nothing like nasa though when you really embraced it you know because oh, yeah i remember coming in as you know as an islander and telling you guys, no one wants to come in here and play. This place is a dump. So if we're ready to go right off the hop, it's like a two-goal advantage if we can jump on them. So oh, oh, man. And you're right. It was like we had some years there, especially when we started getting good. It was like you come in, you stay at the Marriott. Yeah. You know, it's like for a lot of guys, a lot of guys would joke that, it, oh, yeah, that was a room service, a movie night. Like the, the people just didn't know what was like how good of a place it is to, to live and be. <laughs> And then you go over to the Coliseum. You got one red, one section of red seats. You got some all well, green seats over there. And then it's like, well, what the hell is going on here? And then, um, but I, I loved it though. I think when we were in those big games and the playoffs and like that stretch, when the, when that place was rocking, there was, uh, there was nothing like it. It was the still that those playoff runs were just insane. I think people would be 
you feel like everyone, the whole town that I live in here felt like everyone was there and it was just like loud and um, pretty cool. You literally could feel it in the room, like shaking almost. It was weird it was like hard to uh, hard to explain it was a uh, yeah pretty special i mean ubs is is gorgeous and we'll have to make a, a trip down and catch a game definitely yeah, let me absolutely know. well josh this is uh this has been great really appreciate you know you taking the time out and best of luck with uh coaching and your boys and your daughter and hopefully uh we'll be running into you if not down there uh, uh, you know you'll you'll be on the new england sports center boston circuit uh soon yeah. enough with with your guys no doubt. I'll be sure to uh, to hit you guys up when I'm up in that neck of the woods next time. Definitely. Sounds good, man. It was, it was great seeing you, handsome mug. Great catching up, and I uh, appreciate you taking the time. Oh, thanks for having me on, boys. That was fun. Thank you. That interview was brought to you by MCN Sports Management. Hockey parents, are you tired of going to the same tournaments, or are you just looking for an event that is truly unforgettable? If so, listen up. Since 2018, MCN Sports Management has become a world leader in international hockey tournaments and tours. With tournaments in four different locations across Europe, there's something for all ages, whether it is an individual looking to join a team or full organizations looking to travel together, we have the perfect trip for you. MCN is in full swing preparing for their 2024 overseas events. They currently have openings for players and teams from U11 to U17 boys and girls divisions to compete in some of the most prestigious events in Europe, such as the Nord Cup, the Lions Cup, and the Bauer World Cup. Don't miss out on these unforgettable hockey tournaments and trips that you and your family will never forget. Visit them at mcnsm.com to learn more about each of these tournaments and how to join. That's mcnsm.com and make sure that you that tell them the ring shrink sent you love that that was a great interview with josh bailey motts he uh really good guy and it's interesting to see him now getting you know he's got a couple boys that are playing so it'll be it'll be fun to check back into him as his oldest is seven check back in with him in a couple years and see how the craziness is going yeah like i said great guy um, you know, and, and just getting dipping in his toe in, you know, like that's, uh, yeah. th- that's like, you know, you can't turn back and it, it, he's, he's going to experience it. And I would love to check back in with him, just like Bergeron, you know, it's like, you, you're just like, Oh, I'm just want to be the assistant coach, push some pucks around and be out on the ice with my kids. Next thing you know, you're scheduling tournaments all over the, uh, you know, North America and traveling and, and he's and the one it. yelling and screaming at referees <laughs> getting thrown out of games he's like exactly. no yeah, it's just gonna be a fun little time i want my boys to have a good time and yeah. next thing you know he's throwing his hat on the ice because a referee missed an offsides just yeah, kidding, just kidding. he's got the big gatorade jug tossing it on the ice Oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. to ask him how many skates he's been tying. So we'll have to have oh, him yeah. back on for sure. I know we should have had him take a picture of some, you know, see if he's got some calluses on the fingers. Yeah. You know, and, you know, cause it's not at the age where you, you expect them to tie. So, no. but yeah, great, great interview. Great guy. Uh, was a great teammate. So we're happy that he was able to make some time and, and come on and uh, definitely follow up with him. One other big takeaway I had was him just talking about, you know, his kids and being excited when his, their teammates score and like that stuff as an NHL hockey parent, like you, you, you know, he's not passing along 
how many toe drags the kid made and stuff. It's like, you know, his big message was talking about being excited for his buddies to score and, and being a good teammate stuff. So that's like great leadership quality. Yeah. Great leadership. But, you know, it, it goes back to, he, he was talking about, you know, that example and when things aren't going well, and we've talked about this a lot, but it's the true character of a person mm-hmm. and that can be a developed skill of, understanding the highs and lows, but consistently trying to be positive and be happy for someone who is having success on your team. And then when it comes back to you, you know, you're, you're part of the group and, um, and controlling what you can control. And that's, that was a great message. And I'm, I'm really happy that, you know, these kids will have some guidance from a good person and a great hockey mind. So that that group was going to be in good hands for a long time. Absolutely. Um, that interview was also brought to you by Sparks, the at-home or on-the-road skate, uh, skate shopping machine. Head over to sparkshockey.com. Use BY Mots for $50 off your Sparks sharpener. Sparks is the at-home skate shopping machine that will never fail. It's the gift that keeps on giving for hockey players and parents. It's convenient, easy to use, and will save you a ton of dough. With Sparks, you get an accurate shopping every single time. Again, head to sparkshockey.com and order your machine today. Again, I can't think of the amount of money I've saved this year having a Sparks machine when I got, you know, three kids full-time playing hockey and myself in the mix, getting on the ice for a little shinny here and there, as well as coaching practices. So it's uh, it really is. Make sure you take advantage. BY Mots for that $50 off. Yeah, it's convenient and accurate. It's uh, it's money. It's money well spent, and you're going to really uh, not regret it in the long run. It's, uh, it's a great uh, add to any hockey uh, playing family. So make sure you check them on at sparkshockey.com. Um, Mots, we have the My Hockey Rankings question of the week here, and it, it, it's a jersey type of thing. So we have the – let's first talk about what are your thoughts on the NHL All-Star jerseys? Did you uh, see those things? Yeah, I mean, I'm – I don't know. They're, they're, they're stretching a little bit. Um I, I, I think, I mean, they might grow on me, but I, I mean, I, I would, if you run out of toilet paper, you, you know, you wait, you know where you can go. <laughs> I actually, I'm going to, I'm going to go against the grid here. Like the blue ones, I actually don't mind. They kind of remind me of team Sweden a little bit. Um, the red ones are terrible. The yellow is gross. Yellow is gross. The white one's okay. Yeah, I can see the blue the, is all right. The blue's all right. The yellow and the yellow and, and white remind me of the Bruins like jerseys. Kinda. The red yeah, I mean, is horrible. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah that, I would say the, the, the blue is the best. The red uh, looks like 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 Hulk Hogan's pants back in the day. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. The, remember those like Hogan pants, like the sleeves? Yeah. It, yeah. Awful. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I mean the, I, the, it's a lot. There's a lot going on there, but it's a lot. I like the sleep. old, like, so, so the best, like, all right, let's, you know, my hockey rankings question of the week. We got multiple questions that can be fine. What's your favorite all star jerseys? Like, I think the, the most recent ones are awful. Um, yeah, old school when you know Gretzky Lemieux were yes. playing at high levels, and 
the game was more of a game versus just kind of shinny. You know, yeah. the guys t- took it took it a little bit more seriously. Not like all the way. It wasn't like a real real game, but I would say, you know, it was like the orange. You know, the the, the orange and black and. I just, you know, because that's what I grew up with and, you know, a little the bit Campbell, more of a classic. Campbell Conference and, right, those, yeah. the, the traditional that had the, you know, written down the the side. I love yeah. those jerseys. Yeah, um, a little old school throwback. Yeah. Simple. And you know what, like, so what are your thoughts on on this? The I feel like back in those days, because every team didn't get somebody in, it was like all the best players like the, right it was all the legit all-stars yeah, like it was the, earned, it was earned not, not that it's not earned now but it's it's just more you know kind of uniform throughout the league you know to right. have one representative from each team but um yeah like you know I, I think the mentality has changed you know the skills competition i remember the skills competition was the best. watching that oh so good like breakaway contest and i remember watching mario lemieux uh score a I think it was on Mike Vernon. Like he made him look silly. I think it was like three breakaways. And then I would try to implement those in street hockey and then bring it to the ice, you know. But now it's like, you know, they're flipping it up, shooting from, you know, the stands. You know, yeah. It's like, you know, so supposedly this year I think McDavid got involved and they they're, they're changing the skills competition a bit. I think oh, after good. last year, I was down at that one in Florida last year. It was a that was a complete disaster. Yeah. I mean it's it's for the show, but like if you can highlight, you know, some maybe tangible skill sets, you know, like right. for, for example, like what I just mentioned about, you know, a breakaway move that could work in a game versus just like razzle dazzle, you know, right. that's, I don't know. That's just I just remember the old school, the accuracy shooting with Bork and yep. you know, even JR and those guys back in the day was unbelievable. The hottest shot competition, Ally Afraidy just taking bombs. Um, with, with a, a wood you know, stick, a, with a wood 160 flex, uh, coho, a Titan or something that was, you know, ripping it 108 miles an hour with a dot in his mouth, probably. And then, um, <laughs> those games were awesome. And then the, you know, what else was, was, was great. The fastest skater competitions where you had yeah. one guy on each side of the red line, right. Yeah. Going at the same time. So it was kind of like a race and they're pushing these, like that was, that was good stuff. Really the good the stuff. agility race, you know, getting through cones with a puck. Yeah. You know, that was, yes. was like a relay, relay race. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah it's changed. It. It's more for show. Hopefully this year we'll see what happens. A lot of pressure on McDavid. Yeah. No, I'm excited to to tune in, though. It's going to be yeah. great. Um, what about the best logo in the NHL? Again, going back to like traditional – I would say it would have to be an original six. I I really like the ranges, and I would say Blackhawks would have to take it from me. That their logo is great. Yeah, Blackhawks is the best. Um, what about the? Would you say for NHL teams that you played for, favorite jersey that you wore? Well, like, that, that's a good question. I, I do like the red, white, and blue of the ranges. Yeah. You know, it's just it's class. Like, it is, yeah, it's classic. Uh, you know, and the the tinkered with some. You know, some are better than others, but like the, just the white. You know, home uh, like old school home jersey. Um, did you you played? I feel like I was like I can vividly remember watching a game, and you had the. Did you have the 
ever have the Empire State built? No, the the Statue of Liberty jersey. Yeah, you were I playing have, for the Rangers. I have it at my house. No way. <laughs> That's an yeah. awful jersey. I know. It's, it's a kinda, horrible jersey. Let, let, let's flip the script on like worst jersey. I, I think I would have to go with the fisherman from the Islanders. Yeah, that was that was the worst. The Gorton's fisherman guy. Yeah, that's a tough look. That was terrible. Um, yeah. You know what's cool too? Uh, 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 like the now you see a Cape Cod... Cape Cod. I was going to say Cape Cod Whalers. Uh, <laughs> Hartford Whalers jersey. Unbelievable. Yeah. Minnesota North Stars. Right. Those were great throwback jerseys. Um, the old, like the old school Devils. We had throwback. Uh, yes. You know, with the green pants. Yep. Yeah. You know, like it kind of nasty, you know, but then, you know, just the kind of the vintage throwback was fun to to wear, you know, and. It just kind of mixes it up. Um, I know. But, yeah, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed playing. Well, I enjoyed my time in Jersey, but, like, actually having – I remember we played the, the Blackhawks one game, and we had a good game, and there was some um, record set. You know, it was mm-hmm. like Eliash, um, most all-time points for the organization, and Brodeur broke, you know, the wins record. And, you know, was, we were in those unis, so it was a lot of fun uh, celebrating and kind of like the traditional – uh, old school Devils Uni, so that was something I'll always remember for you know logos and you know jerseys that uniforms that kind of stick out in my mind. Right, one well, especially when you're wearing them, you have pretty good memories and everything. That's uh, that's cool. That's good stuff. Did you see the uh, the Gasparilla Tampa Bay Lightning ones? What are your thoughts on that? Um, don't know. I mean, it's pretty simple, you know. But yeah. I don't. Yeah, yeah I don't. I mean, yeah, whatever. They, they, they got the Buccaneer type, you know, crossed. Oh, sold, yeah. Yeah. You know, but um, yeah, I mean, kind of cross promoting and yeah. Any, anything to uh, kind of, I guess, sell some more merch. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> um, yeah. It's kind of like, looks like a, an old school, like terrible tattoo. Somebody got back in the day or yeah. something. <laughs> um, yeah. Exactly. Like, oh, let's get the skull with the cross swords. That would be cool. Yeah. Uh, or you get it out of the vending machine. Yeah, and then you look back. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you get the, the 25 centa. Um, <laughs> but some people legitimately got that for real. But uh, it was... <laughs> no yeah. regrets there. Yeah, no regrets there at all. But, uh, no, good stuff for the My Hockey Rankings question of the week. I should say questions of the week. Very Jersey-centric uh, ones. But uh, it was good stuff. Mott's... Overall, uh, great episode. It was great having Josh Bailey on. Any any thoughts on the NFL playoffs or anything else going on right now? Do we miss anything? Uh, no, I, I mean it's it's exciting to uh, you know like any any playoff in any sport. You know you, you get in everyone's best effort, and yeah. you see when guys rise above. It's it's actually pretty cool to see in any sport. But um, yeah, I've been watching intently. Uh, Green Bay shocking, uh, you know, Dallas was, and my buddy's a huge, you know, Packers fan, John Peterman, Cheesehead from Wisconsin. Oh, so, yeah. Pooch. Yeah. Poochie. So we got, um, you, know, I, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for those guys because, you know, of him. But I would say, um, you know, just playoff, you know, hockey, football, baseball, uh, basketball, you're, you're, a sports fan, this is the time to tune in and and really appreciate the game and how it how it should be played all you know all season. But 
you know, that level of intensity and attention to detail will win and lose games. Did you shed any tears with um, Bill Belichick being gone? Uh, you know, I think it was his time, but, he, you know, the unknown, you know, I don't think he's done coaching at all. So it's going to be interesting to see where he lands and chases that record. And there's plenty of, there's going to be plenty of options and suitors for him. And I think that, you know, him going to a organization that has some pieces already in place, you know, he could immediately have success. So his time. Yeah, here I mean, you could see, I can see him going to Dallas. I know. That's what I was thinking too. I, but, in, you know, if he wants to bump heads with Jerry Jones, it's kind of his show, right? Yeah, I guess you're right. But, like, you, he's not going to go to a place. Like, I mean, he already had an interview with the Falcons. Um, oh, Cowboys, Jersey Shore says that, that, that McCarthy's going back to the Cowboys. So I oh. guess that ruins that for me. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I definitely don't think he's done. But, I mean, the guy's like, go enjoy your life a little bit. He's like. 70 something years old, isn't he? That's all he knows, though. I know. I know. Whatever. Right, good luck yeah. with the Falcons, then, Bill. <laughs> right. Oh, wherever you decide to go. No, it was obviously unbelievable run. You look at the stats and the amount of teams that have gone through. It was like, you know, 250 <laughs> NFL coaching changes over the time the Patriots had Bill Belichick. So, uh, and again, we can debate the, the you know, is there, a Belichick without Brady and all that stuff. He was a great coach. He was a great manager of the players. And, um, you know, I, uh, just hearing some different things, obviously things have changed since Tom Brady left. Right. And that locker room's changed. So it's, uh, it, it's going to be interesting. The Pats are going to be in one here. That's yeah. they're, they're setting up Gerard Mayo for failure. Well, I mean, in, if we just kind of relate it back to what Bales was saying and, well, like Belichick valued the details of the game, right? And that's mm-hmm. what, and he created a culture. So when Bills was going through as a young guy, there was a culture in place with the, these veteran guys. And then he was part of, you know, you know, he, he these guys came up together and right. doing the, you know, having some failure and then having, you know, some success. And, but Belichick created a culture and it can come from, you know, management. It can come from internal. It can come from, you know, that accountability has to come from somewhere. And I think that, you know, the healthiest is coming from the room and having those guys, those leaders like Bergeron and you know, guys that lead by example, not only on the ice, but also as their person. So, uh, yep. uh, cool stuff, you know, that culture is huge in, in any uh, environment, youth or pro. So it's like, no, it's uh good stuff. And, and obviously he was, uh, it was a great run here and, uh, in Boston, in New England, with the uh, Patriots and Bill Belichick, and you know, good for him. He's on to to his next phase of his life. Thanks to everybody for for listening. Thanks to all the sponsors. Thanks to Josh Bailey for jumping on. Uh, once again, this show was presented by Bet Online, and it is time to cue the Rink Shrink Shuffle. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.